Welcome back to the Gamers Guild, a a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. I'm Matt. Today we're going to talk about some alternatives to fighting or some aggressive negotiations and also cover the Inquisitor's Box and the Dual Pack. Like I said, I am Matt and welcome to the Gamers Guild. All right, today on the cast with me, I've got the one and only Shadow Marvel, Matthew. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm good, Matt. How are you doing? I'm great. Glad to be back on the cast and uh, talking some Shatterpoint. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm glad I'm glad we got rid of the rest of the crew. It's just like yeah, the just Matthews. Matt's. Just yeah, Matthews. Just the... Matthew, Matt, whatever. I mean, I'm sure on your birth certificate it says Matthew. Uh, it does, yeah. But, <laughs> but anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we're here about Shatterpoint. It's not about the, there can be only one. <laughs> there can, I mean, um, there's two. <laughs> yeah, there's two. Um, I just want to do a quick mention for those of you that are coming to NashCon uh, next month in August. If you have an MCP pass, which is our other podcast on the channel, um, we are hosting a Shatterpoint casual tournament on the Friday of, of the event. Uh, that's included with your other your MCP ticket. So it's going to be casual. It's going to be ran by our fellow crewmate, uh, Sandbox, uh, a Sean. true gentleman. Yes. Yeah, he's great at running tournaments. I've been to multiple of his, uh, his tournaments over in Memphis, and he always puts on a, a good show. But, uh, yeah, come to NashCon and uh, bring your Shatterpoint stuff with you in tow and then uh, struggle it out over, uh, over the missions we got. Show everybody your models off. Nice. All right, so we're going to move in. First, we're going to cover some of the new characters that just came out. Um, first, we're going to start with the Inquisitor's box. Um, we'll start with the Grand Inquisitor himself, Fallen Jedi. He's uh, your primary for this. Uh, he's a cross-era, so you can have him in either um, the Galactic Civil War or the uh, Galactic Republic eras. Ah, so uh, uh, it's now the fall of oh, the yep. Jedi. Yeah, they did change them on me. Yep, uh, fall of the Jedi, and what was the other one? What is the, what is the other one? <laughs> the the the, re, the rebellion, the probably something like Age of the Rebellion, Rebe- Age of Rebellion, and then of course because uh, it covers the ones in between, they they also work for Reign of the Empire. Nice. Okay. Yep. Thank you for correcting me on that. It's been I forgot all about that uh, it's a since new I've been thing. on the Yeah, it's, I know it's pretty new. Uh, but he gives uh, eight squad points to build with. Um, he is a primary unit. He has a couple of cool abilities. Um, he does have an act uh, start activation ability, so you can choose one of your sec- Inquisitoria secondaries or supporting characters. One of those can uh, dash. So he's got can, some, and he dashes too. Yep, he does. It's like Dooku's always free. So I always forget that himself can do it. Yeah, just um, global. It's like Dooku, yeah. but global. Yeah, he doesn't have to be anywhere near them. Uh, he has an active ability, uh, Secrets Uncovered. It's a, this is a really cool one. Uh, so choose an active objective within range 5 that is controlled by the opposing car- player. Remove their control token from the chosen objective. So that's just negating a, a point from your opponent. So like they just don't have it for right then. It does cost two force, um, but that's a pretty strong thing when you're trying to win that objective. 
Um, he does have another one, a reactive. It's called the Temple Records are quite complete. Um, when he is targeted by a melee attack by an enemy force unit, he can use this ability. He can flip his stance card and add two dice to his defense roll for one force. It's one of the few reactives that actually actually cost a force power on his uh, without being injured or wounded. Yeah. Um, and his last power, his innate is uh, when an allied inquisitorial inquisitorious character wounds an enemy unit after the effect resolved uh, one character may heal heal then if the wounded unit was a force unit user refresh to force so he's he can spend a lot of force but he can also get you some back um, he has nine stamina uh, health and he has three he can be wounded three times uh, his stances are pretty cool um, we won't go over all that detail but he can he can dish out some damage he can apply a couple conditions and on one of his sides, his very last box, he can do his secrets uncovered power for free. Right. Um, so one thing I like about him um, is that secret uncovered ability. That's probably my favorite thing on him. Um, and that he can basically just do that from anywhere. <laughs> I mean, range five is, is a long way. <laughs> yeah. See, for me, I, I, I've played I've played a few games with him, and I've 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 also I've been actually whelmed by that ability. Uh, I feel like it's an ability that I'll get a lot better over time when there's especially when there's more missions. Mm-hmm. But like right now, I, f- I I feel like with how the game is, like people don't just leave points <laughs> uncovered. Like usually people move to a point, and then they own that point, and then. There, those models just sit there for like half the game anyway. So there's always somebody there. So shutting it off doesn't do anything because at the end of the turn, you they just get it back. So it I, has I can to see that. yeah. So it has to be a situation you're spending two force to as, essentially just say um, if someone leaves something uncovered, which which has value. I I feel like it's almost one of those things that probably has more value, uh, like almost like a you know, to use MCP terms like a like a brace for impact, where it not being used, yeah, almost has more value because it causes everyone to work around the fact that at any moment you're you're going to use the brace. Yeah, so, so I mean, it, it, making your opponents like stay put. It's so I mean, it's making them play mind games. Like, is he going to use that power this turn? Right, um, right. I mean, I still like it. I mean, I have not played a game with him yet, to be honest. But can't wait to get mine together i bought them last week so i can get them painted up put on the table um one thing i don't really i don't really care for one of his stance sides um the makashi side as much because his defensive part is not as good as the demso side yeah okay i can see that um although it's not it's awful not bad. i mean no, it's turning, not bad. A crit, I mean... turning a crit to a hit and then automatically blocking it um, all with one is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, but at least uh, you can switch to the other side if you need to with uh, with his other power. So, yeah, but what's I, I something think, you like about him? I th- well, uh, it's one thing I like about him. I like his synergy. I like the fact that how he synergizes with the Inquisitors and also the Vader who comes in the other pack. We'll talk about. I, I think that. 
him he he provides a lot of pressure he's one of those primaries that he himself doesn't really do a lot of work when he when he has his activation but everyone kind of has to work around it like he gets his he gets his people mobile he gets himself where he needs to go he has that secrets uncovered that that makes people have to think about where they're going to move their pieces and then of course the fact that he supports the team doing what they want you know which is wounding enemies and then healing and then obviously i mean we'll talk about it eventually but if you pair him with vader on the other side you know there's a clear synergy there which is probably my favorite part about him which is that he uh vader causes somebody to take two damage so they can roll more dice and then he when, when if you plan it accordingly and wound that character you get that power you get that damage that you that resource you spent that health resource you spent and you just get it right back yeah so definitely definitely some good things going on there uh, so the thing I don't like, uh, I'm not. A, I'm honestly not a big fan of any of his, of his stances. That's probably the thing I don't like the most. Um, his expertise is fine on the, uh, the Makashi side. Yeah, for melee, yeah, definitely it's fine. I mean, auto crits is good. <laughs> yeah, auto, yeah. One one auto crit is good. Comes with some damage. It's nice. The other side off offensively is just really bad, <laughs> really, really bad. But it's but also like the debt what he's getting from Makashi isn't like anything outstanding in terms of his tree. Like his tree when you when you look at his tree, like he does something, it's fine. But as a primary, he's not having like an impactful attack. I actually think that is Dejim So, whatever. Jim So. Yeah, Yeah, Jim So. I think that one is designed around the idea that you're using the temple records are complete so that you flip to, you've done damage with Makashi and then you flip to Jim So and now you're rolling eight dice. And when you're rolling eight dice, it's pretty strong, especially considering that if you get the, if you get to that three expertise, you're essentially just negating two results that the opponent yeah. has. Yeah, really. Like crit like results. So yeah, I those think, can be a backbreaker because some people are, are relying on crits to get their park their pips from their tree. So. I mean, that's what we're probably going to end up talking a little bit about later in this episode. But yeah, the the crits is is key. the crits in your tree are form a symbiotic relationship (laughs) so yeah (laughs) uh yeah all right well uh do you want to talk about third sister a little bit all right so third sister she's the secondary of the inquisitors she costs four and she's got a couple of interesting abilities she has uh, an active ability she spends a force and an inquisitorious supporting character within four may dash or make a five dice attack um, then, she, or she can also she can also spend a force to jump. She has deflect the standard deflect, where if you're targeted by a ranged attack, then uh, if they have a failure, they take two damage. Uh, this is a and it's a reactive. So if you're if she gets wounded, then it costs her a force. And then she has a very interesting, unique ability called your fear betrays you. It's a reactive ability, costs force, 
And then when she makes a melee attack, which is the only kind of attack that she can do, then she can essentially, before rolling her dice, use this ability and then remove one or more conditions that are on the defender and then add two dice for each condition that was removed. So she can just stack up for a big swing. That that's I like that ability a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I she she's she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um she's she's just fine. Uh she, the things I like the thing I like about her is actually her call the hunt because uh, I think it synergizes well with the inquisitor which I think is the probably the only time you're ever taking her is with the inquisitor, the grand inquisitor. So it offers even more easy mobility to just make sure that the inquisitors need to be where they need to be and since they come in a pack where you're running three in the squad as opposed to four, when everyone else is usually running four, having that additional mobility is pretty strong. So that's my favorite part about her. And uh, yeah, the, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, and the part I don't like about her is uh, everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of cheating, but... <laughs> uh, she's She's kind of paper. She's kind of weak. She's kind of yeah. Uh, I mean, if you get her there, four dice on her uh, four, melee yeah. defense. Four dice on her melee defense. Um, Only eight health. <laughs> her 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 tree is not awful, but not great. But also her expertise, not that good. Uh, you're probably not using your fear betrays you because I don't know. Like whatever you're getting for, you're probably not getting much for it because there's a those conditions can be so, you know, backbreaking on people. But I guess if you're going to wound somebody and there's one condition on them, why not throw nine dice instead of seven? I don't know. She's just seemingly underwhelming, especially considering there's a much better support in the box. Yeah. Um, luckily, if uh, she does have a way to move herself, that's not a move action uh, for jump. That's probably my favorite thing about her. Uh, even though I do like the fear betrays you, but my problem with that is she can't really put those conditions on herself to, uh, she's to only take got them one off. condition. Yeah. She only has exposed, which you yeah. probably want to leave on them anyway. Yeah. You're not, you're not adding two dice so that they can get their expertise. <laughs> exactly. Never happened. I mean, she better have a, a way to move herself. I don't, there are very few characters in this game especially secondaries. I don't think there are any secondaries that can't have some way to move, get themselves to the midline without, without some ability. Like everyone needs yep. some kind of like dash or advance on them or else I think that they're just not great. Yeah. I mean, luckily if you do have to get her in combat, she does have seven dice um, and she has multiple pushes so she can, put some that's distance true. between her I, and that's her. probably one of the, a really good thing about her she's got a lot of pushes in her tree yep uh, so i think we probably said enough about her do we want to move the fourth sister or fifth brother um let's go let's go to let's go to fourth sister uh, I'll, I'll keep the train going we'll keep the uh fourth sister she's one of the supports the inquisitors are very unique in that they have single unit supports they're not double unit supports uh, and she costs four, 
So you you got to expect these single unit supports to be pretty good. Uh, she's got a force jump. She also has a force pull, which allows her to essentially choose a character within three and just pull them two towards you. Doesn't doesn't apply conditions like a Django or a Maul does, but she is just a support. Um, she has. Uh, a reactive ability, which is called Enfeeble. This is an Inquisitor, basically the Inquisitor version of Coordinated Fire. So when an Inquisitorious ca character attacks another one, uh, and they're within range four of her, then she just puts a pin on them. And then she has Inquisitorial Mandate, which means that if she is contesting a active objective and there's a tie, then essentially they win she you you win if you have her there and she she ties she wins and it's also important to note that even if she is not on the same elevation but she's still contesting and there's a tie she still counts as using inquisitorial mandate to switch the control of the objective to her or to her team that's pretty some pretty sneaky tech there. Pretty sneaky stuff. And then lastly, she has an ability called Swift Retreat, which is when she is wounded by an enemy effect, she can then reposition. So what do I like about her? Uh, probably the Force Pull is probably my favorite thing about her. I'm, I'm a big fan of having any kind of control on the field. Uh, being able to, And the fact that it's only one force where in a lot of other places it's usually causing two force to get people off of points uh so i'm a big fan of having a support that just auto controls and just having a support that has the ability to potentially remove two active units on a on a uh an objective so she can take it or that she can just pull somebody off and then if there's one person left she automatically takes it with inquisitorial mandate so the force pull is probably my favorite thing yeah her. probably the mandate's my favorite part of hers since you're claiming the pull but i do yeah, love, it, i do love having a force pull it, it's it's the combo right it's the combo she she can just move spend a force pull someone off if there's somebody there inquisitorial mandate makes it so that she wins it she doesn't have to do any attacks she doesn't do anything it just Wins. Yeah, I think she. I think probably my least favorite thing about her is she gets overshined by the other supporting unit. Yes, I was <laughs> going to say my thing I don't like about her. She's not fifth brother. Yeah. <laughs> but... So I mean, she's good. She's solid. Um, but I think she gets outshined a little bit. Uh, by fifth brother. Let's let's talk about him real quick. Yeah. He is a uh, another four uh, point cost supporting single character unit. Um, a lot more people are excited about him because of uh his force repulse uh, active ability so you can pay two force choose a character in this unit push each other character within two of him uh away to range two away from him yeah. so the All neat characters. thing about that yeah neat thing about that it affects your characters too <laughs> so i've even seen some people like hedging their bets to try to you know to deploy him behind your other other models in the deployment zone with him and then hope to get him or the shatter point early to push everybody up that's cheeky i mean i've used i've used this force repulse to to push my character i like it's one of those like interesting things if you come from like especially like mcp where you, since you choose the order of the push 
sometimes you can still push your characters so that they don't actually move, but the other characters move. So yeah. you can really control, even though you're pushing your own characters, you still can control how they're being pushed. Yeah. So it's that's a very strong ability. I mean, it's definitely worth the two two force, but it's definitely one to keep in mind. He also has force jump. Uh, his enfeeble uh, is a little stronger than uh, four sisters. His uh, passes out exposed. Yeah, um, that's pretty nasty. Yeah, it's one of the one of the best conditions. Uh, he has resolve, so when he's contesting or one or more active objectives, uh, he has steadfast and protection. And then he also has the inquisitorial mandate, so he counts as basically two. That's where he wins ties. Yeah. Um, this tree's pretty good. Um, he he passes out conditions early on. Um, he's rolling seven attack dice, six defense, so he's he's pretty stout. Um, he's only got nine health. Um, but but he's got protection a lot of times. Yeah. So yeah, and I mean, he's a support. Usually it's gonna be like 10, 11, 12 health. So. Yeah, compared to Fourth Sister, who's got eight health and doesn't have uh, that kind of protection. Yeah, at least she can uh, kind of run away. <laughs> um, uh, but probably my like favorite about thing it? about him is that uh, that Force Repulse. I mean, I know a lot of people are hyped about it, um, but it's it's a really strong ability. Um, yeah. My thing I don't like about him um, is that cost two Force. <laughs> it's, it's um i mean yeah he's he's a really solid support i mean i there's nothing i don't really like about him because you can activate even activate that force pulse from his combat tree if you have to attack and hope to get four through so yeah i think so yeah i love I, i'm gonna go with the enfeeble since you chose the false force repulse i think uh, especially if you're if you're running inquisitors, you're probably running a strike force that takes the most advantage of having inquisitors, including potentially Vader, in it, and it just makes it so that you know the synergy, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, he tosses a, a, an expose on someone. Uh, like, I mean, Vader just walks up to someone. Uh, Fifth brother <laughs> exposes them. Vader adds two. Uh, three dice to him and then just completely eliminate the target like it's just such efficiency uh so that feeble is pretty strong um and the thing i don't like about it actually the thing i don't like about him from my play with him is is his resolve but not in the way you think so resolve is a great ability in general however due to how things are timed I found that there's a lot of times that protection doesn't necessarily happen a lot because I'll come, I'll have someone like Rex as example, will come up and attack fifth brother and steadfast is nice because it knocks out one of his pushes, but he's got, he's got two early pushes. So Rex comes over, hits him very easily gets the two pushes. One gets canceled out. The other one pushes him off the objective and now that he's no longer on the objective, the protection protection is shut off. So it's sadness. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing that probably a lot of people will forget about. That, like that happens after you get pushed around. So definitely yeah. a good thing to bring up. 
And but I will also note we didn't mention it, but both fifth brother and uh, fourth sister have a pretty solid um, attack expertise uh, because you can guarantee you could pretty much guarantee you know obviously nothing's a guarantee in the game with dice but you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to get that first step on that track and a damage so that you yeah. know that for fifth brother he's like i'm gonna get that push or an expose if i want to and for her i'm gonna get she's either gonna get that disarm push or, push, or disarm yeah. right so having that consistency of knowing that you know, i've played a lot of supports where they're like expert attack expertise is like one hit yeah <laughs> There's nothing worse than, all right, I got three hits now. And then you're going against four shooters and like, oh, look, I have like five blocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the the fifth brother makes it so it's very, very consistent that if he wants to push you off, he can push you off. Uh, and if that doesn't work, he's got the Vulture Force Repulse too. It's also nice to note that he does, he also on his track, because um, they have the, they have pretty much the exact same, uh, yeah, they're really, stance, yeah, they're really yeah they're really similar so like if you get four down the chart uh then he can just force repulse or jump for free yep actually they're all their blocks are the same just the conditions they apply in the first two are different <laughs> yeah so yep they're they're very similar it's as if they were trained in the same yep. way all right well uh i know you're very excited to talk about this next model um, oh baby and, uh, Almost everybody is jamming this model everywhere. Uh, we'll have a question about that later. Um, to, the only, the only yeah. thing I don't like about this model is that it costs ninety dollars. <laughs> yeah, that that is a bit a steep uh, price of uh, entry. Uh, but let's talk about him, and then uh, I'll ask you a certain question <laughs> if he's oh. actually worth it. All right, all right. So what we're gonna what we're talking about we're talking about the dual pack, uh, which I do appreciate a good pun. So I do love the fact that it is two models in, a, in dueling. In a, well, so. I mean, you, you get a little scenic uh, diorama as well if you want to mess with that. Well, I just meant the fact that I like the name. It's a yeah, good it name. Is good. It's a good name. So we got Darth Vader, Jedi Hunter. Uh, he's everybody's favorite villain. He's yes, exactly. I mean, he's one of the greatest villains of cinema history. So here he is. We're ready. He's a uh, he's got seven squad points. Gives you that big old four four force. Uh, and he is cross era as well. You know, same eras between the fall of the Jedi and the age of the rebellion. And he is rolling up with you with some r pretty solid. Uh, abilities he's got vader's fury which gives him a an advance cost of force gives an advance and then when he attacks uh he adds auto adds two damage to the damage pool which <laughs> oh man is, uh, very good as we'll see soon uh he has a repost which for those who don't know is basically deflect but for melee attacks and he has an ability called the sith lord strikes back which is when this when he is wounded by an attack any attack not, it could be it could be uh it doesn't have to be just melee like with maul any attack then after it's resolved he may additionally dash and then and make a five dice melee attack against the character that wounded him and then finally his identity 
is your hatred makes you powerful. And he went, and as any allied character makes a melee attack as part of a combat action, after they choose the target, the attacking player can suffer two damage and if, then add three dice to the attack roll. And he he's, is amazing. Uh, he's <laughs> definitely all about the damage. I mean, he's very angry, so he probably needs to grab a Snickers. Vader, Vader feels like Vader on the board. He he basically when you play against Vader, he basically chooses a target and says that target is now dead. <laughs> it's very very rarely have I seen Vader move on the board and choose a target and not just one shot them, especially when he's supported by somebody like Fifth Brother to toss an expose before he attacks. He's and in, he's got some. <sighs> I mean, uh, yeah, he is. He's dealing out a lot of damage, um, but and he's got a lot as, of pushes too on his yeah, attacks. He does, um, but doesn't necessarily mean he's going to one shot somebody. I mean, I've, I've played a couple of games against him now that I actually have not used him because um, I'm still torn on spending that ninety dollars on this box, um, but. If you have terrain in the way, it you're not necessarily gonna like if you can use elevation to your advantage. Ironically enough, you can use the well, high ground. <laughs> well, I mean, I just meant if he can if he can target. I'm not talking yeah. about using his range attack. I've I've almost never used his range attack. I, I'm, I'm, I'm rarely on that side. I'm rarely even on that side of the uh, of, yeah. this, of a stance. There's always on the dark rage. I'm. I mean. He, it is a it is a good defensive stance because one expertise gets you two blocks, but it, I'm never like attacking <laughs> with yeah. with that side. He so the crazy thing about Vader is that he enters a new uh, resource into your team's economy. He's the only character that does this because now he is using your health pool as a resource in order to add more dice. And that make and not only that he unlike his um, previous incarnation of Anakin Skywalker, he does not actually use a lot of force himself. That's true. Yeah. So he really only wants to use one force. His in, in an entire yeah, he, he kind of wants that extra move. <laughs> yeah, he's going to use that extra move. You're going to use that extra move, and whatever you're doing, you're doing that extra move because. With his, with his dice rolls, when he goes up to somebody, he's rolling 10 dice into somebody, starting with two damage in the damage pool with a expertise that almost guarantees he's getting two crits. I mean, you're pretty much just guaranteeing yeah, that he's got two crits. So he's with those Anakin two, on steroids. <laughs> so with those two crits, he's baseline dealing six damage to somebody. Not even yeah. counting whatever else the rest <laughs> yeah. of your dice are going to actually get through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely a, a beat stick, and he's gonna he's hunting you down because he's got two moves basically and adding damage. Right. So he so that that's the thing I really uh, love about him is that he uh, 
he nine times out of ten is going to be if he wants a target to die, unless you're like targeting like, you know, an Obi Wan who's at full health. Yeah. Ironically, yeah, Obi Wan is a hard one to take down. I mean, with anybody, if you take, though. but if but that, Vader's not usually targeting primaries, unlike his previous incarnation, who likes to target secondaries and primaries. Vader likes target seems to like to target secondaries what? and supports whatever's in his way <laughs> yeah whatever's in his way i mean he it, it's just like i mean he is also good in two primaries because he has very easy access to pushes in his in his chart so you know again if you decide not to go the damage track even you go to st- on his chart he's getting a push automatically and he's probably getting a double push so he has the ability to do things against primaries, but I, most of the time I've seen him just essentially just target any kind of any kind of secondary or support, and then say you're not doing anything until you your your card comes up again. Yeah. Uh, the thing I don't like about him, because he can't can't be perfect, is the is the Sith Lord Strikes Back. Uh, it is uh it is what I would call a trap ability. Uh, because it is reactive and because it happens after the attack is resolved, it means it is after he's wounded. And that means no matter what it is going to cost you at least a force to do the Sith Lord Strikes Back. So what you're essentially doing is you're spending a force at minimum to get a free move. And you get a five dice attack, but you can't, you can't boost it with uh, your hatred makes you powerful. So it's just a five dice attack. Yeah, but if you're still in Dark Rage, it's usually two Chris. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm even then, I'm a little less. I'm, I'm, I'm even then, I'm a little less convinced. But yes, you can say it gets him a free move. It's a force to to essentially apply four damage to somebody. Uh, if that ha- and it, that can have its point of view, but it doesn't. It doesn't always do what you want it to do like if 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 vader's controlling the point and someone rolls up to rolls up to him with like three health left and then wounds him then it's a good ability to make sure that they don't take the point back because then you can take the gambit to get an expertise and then wound them back yeah but if he's if he doesn't already have the point he's now wounded so he's not providing any kind of contesting he's not moving and then being able to apply an engagement penalty like it's not like him being there does anything you're basically only using it in this in the edge case where you may in your five dice roll an expertise so that you may deal four damage yeah i think the thing i I don't really care for it's kind of a, I think it's kind of a trap is uh your hatred makes you powerful I mean yes adding three dice to the attack roll is nice um, but you're also making your own characters weaker to potentially get wounded themselves um, well you, you gotta use it in the right scenarios true uh, but I mean I think I think uh, I, th- what well, I mean the reason why I think it's a trap is because I think people are gonna do it every time right <laughs> you don't do it every time well you, I think you build your squad around it. I think you, this is an identity you build your squad around. First of all, you do it. I, I think he pairs, pairs really well with Grand Inquisitor because 
the Grand Inquisitor makes it so that when you do that, then your characters will heal back that damage that they just took. But also, if you pair him with somebody like, let's say, Captain Rex, because for some reason he is also Galactic Republic tagged, then Galactic uh, Rex has a double heal in his chart so that he can deal out the damage. And he's also pretty good at getting down his chart, especially when he's rolling 10 dice. So he, if he gets to that double heal, then he doesn't pay anything, essentially, for that extra dice. And even the 501st have a heal on their tree so that while they don't get the both back, they do get one back if they're able to get down their chart. And it's easier to get down that chart when you're rolling more dice. So I think if you're, if you're bringing Vader, you need to build around this identity. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of have to. It is uh, one thing we did forget to mention that you cannot play Darth Vader in a strike team with Anakin Skywalker. That's true. That's true. I, I, I think it's also, just as a side note, and this is just a personal thing, Vader also sometimes feels kind of boring to play. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's fun to wound people, but that's literally, it really is kind of all he does. He's yeah, just he's kind of a move and kill switch you know and if you want to do it he doesn't deal he has one condition on his that he can dole out on his attacks and if you're doing what you want to do with him which is to wound then dealing one condition to them is seems like it's more like a consolation prize for you failing to do what you actually want to do because that condition gets cleared when you yeah, exactly. You know, it's just flips. like a win more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's just like there, just in case. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you, 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 you're one shy of days of wounding this person. So here's a strain. <laughs> Dang. All right. So the other half of that dual pack is a uh, Obi Wan Kenobi out of hiding. He, this is a Obi Wan that's a secondary unit. Um, so he's a four cost secondary that's cross era. Um. He has an act, uh, beginning of activation ability called Run. Uh, so you can choose him or another allied character that's engaged with the enemy character. Doesn't have a range um, restriction. It's global. It's global, yeah. So they can either, that chosen character, which is either him or the other engaged person, can either recover or reposition to get them uh, out of It's recover the and reposition. Oh, and. I can't read, apparently. <laughs> yep, it is and. That's pretty strong. That's pretty strong. Um, he also has what Obi-Wan's known for, a mind trick. Um, it costs two force. So whenever an allied character within three is targeted by an attack, this unit may use this ability. The attack ends. If the attacker's activation, it may make another attack targeting a character. If it does, remove two dice from that attack roll. So he can just straight up potentially end an attack on somebody you don't want to get to it get attacked this but. ability is called please check the rules form because if there's so <laughs> many lots rules. of questions <laughs> yeah um he has a uh innate ability called a uh, greater purpose so he has immunity to expose so when he would gain expose he can recover instead <laughs> which it does seem silly a lot of people think that's silly but it's not silly because uh, if you're being, if he's being, a, no one's going to like outright give him expose, like as part of an ability. But yeah. 
for example, uh, some things, it's not a may. So like if you're going to, if Darth Maul wants to pull him off a point to get him closer, he's going to get that exposed. So that's not a may. He, he, get, he recovers instead. And also it should be noted that if somebody attacks you and there's expose on their tree and they can't get around that expose and they should, they say, I don't want to do the expose that ends yeah. the, the progress on the attract tree attack tree. So it could cause people to make uh, inefficient use of their attacks into him. Yeah. That's good things to point out. Uh, he also has a uh, last stand of the Jedi for each injured uh, token. This unit has, he gets to add two dice to attack and defense rolls. So that's, that's interesting. Good. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I mean, his attack tree is, is not outstanding. It has a lot of stuff. He has lots of different paths, but he can push around. He can heal, <laughs> heal a lot and get out of harm's way. Cause he can jump and reposition as well. Yeah, it's probably the worst part about this card. I mean, yeah. him is is his stance card. Yeah, stance card's not great, but I think the standout thing from him is is that mind trick ability. Um, just because being able to stop attacks from even happening is is very good. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty feels bad. It's pretty feels bad. I mean, it costs two four, so it should be pretty powerful of an ability. But it yeah, basically but is I in the gonna sky. It's going to be worth it just about every time you every time you do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're doing it, it's because I mean, you're doing it because it's going to probably score you a point. Yeah, uh, the thing I don't like about him um, is probably just his combat tree. <laughs> it's it's not the best, but it, it's all right. But yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's good if you want to heal. Yeah, good uh, if you want to heal. I really like the run ability. Uh, I think a free... It, and it's also important to note that it is ruled that it, it is he can do it for himself without being engaged. So he is able to, at the start, you know, for his first activation, he can, re, he can heal and reposition in that order because that's the rules. Uh, you have to do it in order as they're written. Uh, he can heal or recover rather and then reposition and then do whatever he needs to do. He does not have to be engaged to do the run and I think that's pretty powerful. And then even if you have somebody who is in a spot, a, a, a free advance and heal or recover is, uh, is, is, is very powerful. It's just very powerful yeah. to a global anyone who's engaged with a target, which usually by the time you're in the second struggle second and third struggle everyone's engaged with something yep um so back to my original question for these two characters do you think this box is worth the price of admission i mean that is a very subjective question uh you know do i think you need to spend 90 dollars in order to win this game because you need these two characters uh, I don't think so. These characters aren't required for winning. I do think that these characters are probably both a bit above curve. So when they so when they're saying you're spending a bunch of money, and they they're they're saying you're spending a bunch of money for a higher quality of character, 
And it's also Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. So they're like two of, of the most popular characters in the, you know, proper, you know, the yeah, IP. And whole, yeah, the whole galaxy. Oh, yeah. I would, uh, the minis themselves do look really good too. So, I mean, agreed. You do, you do still get a lot of plastic in that box for your money. So, I just haven't convinced myself to actually go buy it yet. I've got so much I, I need to put together and paint. <laughs> I would suggest, if I was going to suggest anything, and uh, in my completely unbiased opinion, I would suggest that you would go to gamechefs.org uh, where you can get a discount on the dual pack and order from them and use our, our discount code. Gamers good. Yeah, that's a good time to hear a little bit about our sponsors. This show wouldn't be possible without the members of the Guild Hall and our sponsors, Tritex Games, based in the EU, and War Room Hobbies, based here in Tennessee. Both are great local gaming stores that have game nights and are supporting their local communities. So, if you're shopping online anyway, please consider using them as an option to support an LGS instead of a company like Amazon. And to help beat those prices, I've got some codes that will help you save even more off their already discounted prices. If you use the code TRITEXGGCP5 at checkout, you will save an extra 5% off Tritex's MCP selection. And if you check out at War Room Hobbies, you can use the code MCP2022 for an extra 10% off of your order. And if you're already shopping from your LGS and are wanting to support the Guild's videos or podcasts, check out our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month or $12 a year, you can help us continue to put out content for Marvel Crisis Protocol. And as an added bonus, you can come hang with us in the Gamers Guild Discord. That's it for our character reviews for the new stuff. Uh, we'll move on to our main topic. It might not be a very long one, uh, as some of our other ones are, but I I kind of came up with this one. It's uh, alternatives to fighting um, and, and or aggressive negotiations. Um, so mainly this topic is about what can my character do to score me points where I don't have to make an attack is the first part of this. Um, because attacking your character tree, getting the results you need is not guaranteed and could possibly just net you nothing. And you kind of almost wasted an action when you could be moving to progress this, the struggle towards your favor. So, my, in my opinion, the first thing you should look at is observe your surroundings. So, say you have a character activate. How, what can, how can I pull, see where that character's at on the map where you've set them up? And how can I influence or move them to keep the struggle going in my favor to ultimately win that struggle? And what actions can you take besides attacking that can manipulate your characters or your opponent's characters. Um, so personally, I like to look for characters that have some like pushes or pulls like, like fifth brother, four sister, Maul, Django, some of those people. Barris. Barris is a good one. Yeah. Um, so I like to look for that myself. So like, yeah, I can pay force and utilize that. That way I can, you know, not have to make that attack to affect my opponents. What do you think about that, Matthew? I mean, I think it's, I think it's on point. I've said this before, uh, that you have made me a better Shatterpoint player because you had pointed out where I 
was so focused on attacking as my option and I could have probably won a struggle if I just did something else besides attacking. And I think uh, you, you should take some time when you are trying to make your decision points on what you're going to do with, with a character. And a lot of that is just focusing on the terrain and seeing how can you manipulate the terrain, the egress points to get what you need to do. Like a lot of times you'll say, well, the easy thing is to just move to this point and shoot this person and hopefully push them off or wound them. So that is my point. And you look at it and you feel like there's no way I can really get anywhere else. But this game has a significant amount of movement for a game that only allows you to do a move action once. You just looking at things such as most characters have movement abilities using that cost force, or in the case of some characters can just do actions like Django or Bo-Katan where they are able to move off of actions that are, you know, not movement actions. And they, you also have the take cover, which allows you to get a, just a little extra movement, but sometimes just doing a take cover and then doing a move action and then spending the force to do a jetpack or defensive maneuver can get you a considerable amount of distance, especially when you look at how it can interact with the ingress points of your terrain. And you can really catch an opponent off guard where they think a point is relatively safe. Um, and then it's not. Yeah. I, I know one game where I, I was playing with Django and he didn't make a single attack all game. Uh, usually he would move jetpack, do a focus action to get his other jump. And then, I mean, yeah, it's very force, force heavy, but then capture wire somebody off a point. That way he, he gets the point. Um, I mean, I've, I've done many games where that's what his act, his activation was every time he activated, just pull somebody off point or away from himself so they can't get back to him and then get out of dodge and try to say range three, just in case I want to do not so fast, but that doesn't come up as much anymore. Right. But like, Bo's extra movement because she can get just as far as Django because she can make a move action in within a Mando, uh, range two of a Mando to get Mando's stronger together, get a recover and dash off of that. Then she can jetpack. She can't pull anybody off a, a point like Django, but that's two good examples of like people that have a lot more movement than you might realize if they have. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen even characters you don't normally think are that great, but I've seen like a Captain Rex be on one side of the board and then completely get to the other side of the board just by doing find figuring out a combination of you know his tactical tactical ability and then his advance and then his defensive maneuver, which then hit an ingress point, which dropped him onto a point, and then it still allowed him to have an action so that he can attack somebody with uh, very with, with early pushes, so he was able to easily push somebody off of a point because they they, they were not really set up yeah. to to protect against that because they didn't realize that somebody on the other side of the board was just going to suddenly get there. 
Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people overlook ingress points as extra movement as well. Some, because um, most people just view it, I think, early on as like, oh, it can get me to where that objective I need to. But using those ingress points to your advantage, yes, you can only use them once from that one ingress point. You can't use one to end in range one of another one, then use that one. You cannot do that. Um, but using them to your advantage to get that little bit of extra movement just to get you there can catch people off guard. And as a, just a little plug for somebody who probably doesn't even listen to this podcast, but I, I have found the articles from bombadtactics.com to be pretty good, especially for this sort of thing. They have a, a really good article about measuring twice, moving once, and giving a lot of good uh, tips for how to move around the board. And when you can think into your mindset about how close you need to be to objectives and characters in order to contest and move away and so on, uh, and just have that kind of fluid in your brain uh, can be very helpful for you to make decisions because unlike a lot of other mini games, you don't know who you're activating when it's your turn and you don't, you don't, you're not able to sit there during your opponent's turn and think to yourself, well, when they're done, I'm going to activate Obi-Wan and then I'm going to do such and such and such because you don't know if Obi-Wan's going to be the one who activates. So a lot of times being able to have a lot of that information already in your brain of knowing how far you are and how much you need to do to get to where you want to be uh, can help streamline that decision-making, which can be very important when you're in a timed event. Yeah, and that's something you can practice yourself at home. You can just you know set up some of your train around the table, pull a couple of minis out, and just practice moving them, see how far they can get. I know back in my old X-Wing days, uh, I would just practice flying my, my – I always flew TIE uh, swarms, so I would always just Typical. practice my yeah, <laughs> practice my maneuvers. Uh, that way I knew where exactly where my TIEs were going to end up. I'd stay in formation and be able to capitalize. I did the same thing with with my. I still do with my X wing. Where I'll if I want to plan a, an approach, I get there, fly, fly. You know, I'm going to set up my asteroids in a certain way. What do I need to do? What what maneuvers can I do to get around those asteroids and get the most efficient approach? Yeah, yeah. So that you can practice that stuff. That way, you can not be caught off Asgard and uh, be prepared for whatever comes up in your order deck. And also but, just know, have more options. If you know what works, it just, you'll see the matrix essentially. Like when you know how far it takes to get to, from one point to another to contest, then you, you, you immediately trigger those things in your brain when you are trying to think of options of what to do with your character besides pew pew. Yep. It also can help you decide if you pull your shatter point and you're like, okay, what I do now? <laughs> oh boy yeah so that's i know that's a lot of dis yeah decision paralysis with some people i played against um but look at your characters find out what abilities they can do to manipulate the struggle to your favor rather than just that's that's my first opinion about looking at a character when you're activating them or for your squad is what can they provide besides attacking yeah but we can't get through this whole game without it making some attacks, so you do have to switch to aggressive negotiations occasionally. So when you do decide to attack, what is that attack going to gain you? 
I mean, are you looking to wound that character? Are you looking to just shove them off? Um, and how is that attack going to score you points? Because we all know that dice spike and you can't rely on them. Because um, I had a game uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, somebody from another podcast and we uh, I needed Grievous to just get, I think, one box <laughs> against Obi-Wan and he got not up. <laughs> He got nothing. Yeah. So unlucky. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen every time, but like I, I needed that one thing to happen so I'd score that point. But the attacking was really the only thing I could do because it was Grievous's activation, and it just didn't get me there. So, is attacking going to score the points for you? That's the main thing to try to gauge your attacks on, in my opinion. Because you either need to be wounding or controlling. Um, Preferably, I like controlling because, I mean, I like the pushes because you're not going to be guaranteed to, you know, one-shot a character unless you're, you know, maybe Vader. <laughs> maybe unless Anakin. An- An- Anakin's pretty good. If, if Anakin's looking at a character that has 10 or less health, then he's got a pretty good odds at taking them out at the, at the low, low cost of two force. It's just that, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, but... I, I agree. I agree. I think. I mean. I. I think you do need to attack in this game. Attack. Attacking is get the best action compression that you're gonna get out of this entire game, and because of everything that happened when you roll those dice, everything that's on that attack tree is available to you, and a lot of those things are essentially actions. You know, when you're able to get a dash that's an, that's essentially getting an action when if you push people then you can follow up and that is sort of like almost like a bit of a half action because you're getting you're pushing people off and you're moving yourself you put conditions on people some actions in this game are just dropping conditions like enfeeble when we just talked about yeah uh, so the attacking is important uh and they 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 balance that out by having it be luck based. Like the cost of it is that you're spending luck <laughs> and we'll see how yeah. good your luck is when you do it. But there are ways to make, you know, in- informed decisions on that. And that is essentially, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit in our box reviews, but one of the ways that we are approaching when we, when we like a character is, or what we do and don't like about a character is that expertise chart and how far down the track do you expect to go when you're attacking with a, you know, the two twelve as an example, they got a really good tree where it's only four spot for, you know, four down the spot and you can deal out six damage with a push and a pin and an expose, but their expertise is, you know, at yeah, most I- you're getting one crit if you get multiple expertise. So the the you got to think about how reliable are you to get down that that chart. We were talking about Vader is very reliable to deal six damage uh, when he attacks because all he needs is one expertise and he gets. Two, yeah, crits. two crits and the crits are where things lie in terms of reliably getting down your chart because otherwise you're just what you're just saying okay 
I need my dice. <laughs> I need my dice to happen and their dice not to happen to get farther down the tree. Otherwise, so you'll see in other content as well. I think is not uncontroversial of an opinion to say that for the most part, with most characters, you look at that first one to two, maybe three, if they have a really good expertise of your tree, and say, okay, if I'm going to attack, my expectation should be somewhere in the realm of these, you know, one, two, three boxes, depending on expertise. Uh, and that will help you be a little less disappointed <laughs> when you attack. I mean, obviously that grievous yeah. example was really bad, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was just ironically really bad. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, we can't get through the whole game without attacking. I mean, I just like to put most of my eggs in the basket where I can not have to make that attack because that way I don't have to rely on my opponent's defense dice spike like not spiking (laughs) since i'm i mean normally i'm playing you know uh cis so i'm usually playing droids i'm usually playing maul massage dooku um i'll probably be playing some inquisitors soon but this hadn't broke them out yet myself um since i just got them but i'm looking forward to try to manipulate it on stuff where i don't have to rely on that luck (laughs) yeah the ultimately this game's about you know, scoring objective points and not attacking. Even though attacking is fun, we all love rolling dice. But attacking is also important because wounding is important. Uh, it know, is taxing on your opponent because it is that taxing. Would... And there's certain characters that you really want to wound early in the game, like like a Mandalorians. Like if you're able to hit those Mando supports, they are not as good <laughs> once they are flipped w- once. And clones are another Django. example. Django's another big example because, like, he's very force hungry, but if you wound him, it starts adding up really quick. Adds up really quick. Clones are another example, and it's very easy to, to to wound them. But that when they're not wounded, they're tossing out those free conditions on people. Once you wound them, then it costs a force, and then it causes it causes a lot of questions of whether or not it's really worth it. So those conditions start not being put on your character. So, you know, the real question I think comes a lot more when you're starting to look at a primary, especially a primary that has like their def- their defensive side up where your crits turn to failures. That's when yeah, you're that's saying, always the worst feeling. We're like, all right, I get like four crits, and then you're going against Obi Wan. Like, all right, I'm changing three of those or whatever. Right. That's the example where like you have Vader. Do I really spend a force because Obi Wan just dazed me or wounded me in this game? Sorry, uh, MCP brain. And yeah. that Obi Wan wounded me. Do I spend a force so I can go roll five dice into him? But he's probably he's rolling his full defense dice and he's probably going to turn one to two of my crits into failures so i'm probably not dealing four damage i'm dealing two damage at most yeah likely probably the best not to spend the force those are the those are the questions you have to ask yourself when you're thinking i'm going to do something and roll dice what are what is my expected results another thing to think about whenever you are making those attacks like some characters do have repercussions for attacking them like repost or deflect is that going to potentially wound my character (laughs) and in my activation right there 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why it's so hard to attack someone like primary Ahsoka, right? Because if you shoot her with, if you shoot her with a, a ranged attack, she's probably going to be dealing out two damage to you. And if you attack her with a melee attack, and she's got two force available, she's, yeah, she's going to She's having <laughs> it, having it, and dealing it out to you. Like it's the, the the primaries are exceptional at these type of things where they're they're dealing out damage as a result. But you got some of these secondaries that got their reposts and and uh, deflects. Yeah, but that's another thing just to keep in mind whenever you are making deciding to make those attacks because you could just have your activation end and not benefit you at all. Right. I, I I feel personally that the ideal solution is one where I'm able to do move my character in a way that he guarantees the point, but then still allows me the opportunity to do an attack action, even if it's against something inconsequential, even if I'm just plinking a couple of damage through. Uh, to maybe set it up farther down the line. Uh, but that's not always the case. Sometimes the case is just like it's better to move it's better to you know take cover and then move and go up an ingress point and cap a point. Yep. Um, that's just overall some ideas to think about during your activations whether you should attack or you shouldn't attack. Don't just be trigger happy. Um, be be aware of your surroundings. Use patience, as Qui Gon once taught us, or Obi Wan, and that too. <laughs> Qui Gon's first too. Uh, and let's move on to. We have a couple of listener questions that were put on their Discord. Um, that is free if anybody wants to come join in the conversation uh, for either Shatterpoint or Marvel Crisis Protocol or just whatever. We have uh, conversations about everything in there. Please our do. first Ask one's from our. Oh, yeah, we we like it. Um, our first one's from our fellow pod pod mate Kenny. He's like, is attacking a mindset not attacking a mindset you have when building a list versus something to be aware of during units activation? For me, it's a little both. Um, yeah. like I said, I like to have those those characters when I'm building my list that can manipulate the field. So like, I like I like use them all. I like using Asage, any person that has a push, uh, or can a pull somebody off a point, Django. Um, so I like those people that are going to be able extra mobile, like Mando's, like Bo and Django, and because I don't want to rely just on those attack dice, personally. But I mean, attacking's I, fun. But yeah, attacking's fun. I, I don't think that there are any lists, at least at this stage of the game, where not attacking is a mindset. <laughs> uh, I really, I, I really fear the day that AMG has gotten to the point where there are lists that win games without attacking in this game. Uh, it, it is core to the, to the design philosophy that you attack in this game. It is so much core that they built it so that it, it is not punishing to your opponent when they are attacked. They still, you know, that models are not removed, that things just don't die. So uh, I don't think there's... I mean, there are characters that are less attack-oriented. Uh, you you bring someone like a Luminara as, as an example. She 
it, her primary purpose is to kind of sit on a point and have her identity run the table. But it's not in lieu of attacking for the rest of your list. Like, for example, one of the great lists is one that Sooner, I've seen Sooner play, and he plays with Luminara and has Mandalorians in his squad. And part of that value is that the Mandalorians are expected to attack. I can see that. Um, Yeah, like I said, it's just something, personally, it's me for both, but I look at it more from the the front side and I'll look at it even more during that unit's activation. Yeah, the answer the answer to Kenny's question is yes. <laughs> yes. Um, next question comes from our friend Dizzard. Um, he asked, is Vader being overplayed? Does he fit everywhere? And is the community overall correct to be playing him everywhere? <laughs> so it's kind of three questions in one. Um, That's fine. Typical so... Dizzard. Yeah, typical. I mean, is Vader being overplayed? Yes. I don't think so. I mean, everybody wants to use Vader. I mean, I mean, if you want to say he's fun because he's Vader and you want to play with Vader because he's Vader, then no, he's not being overplayed because you're playing what's fun and what you enjoy. I feel if you're asking a question in the way that Dizzard's saying, which is saying is something being overplayed, he's referring to it in a somewhat competitive mindset. Which is weird because the game has only been around for two months and (laughs) how competitive can the game really be? But I feel like if you're talking about being overplayed, you're saying I'm not, you know, unless you're saying are people playing Vader and Obi and that's not thematic and that shouldn't happen. But then again, you know, people have can have their fun. I think they're fun. But I mean, the reason why I don't think he's being overplayed is because I personally haven't played that many games against him either. So I haven't used him and I haven't played very many games against him. Maybe it's just the people at my local shop, but I mean, they're mostly still new and I'm still teaching a lot of them lots of stuff, but um, I've seen it. I mean, he sees it a little bit more because he sees it on the long shanks. I wonder what the long shanks says about about it. Vader has, to to give an example, Vader has uh, 208 games on long shanks. Uh, and he's the crazy <laughs> well uh, yeah that is pretty crazy I mean, it, it is worldwide but i mean I, yeah it's still a bit staggering in my opinion <laughs> it, yeah i mean the only people so i mean he's he's pretty relatively new so that's that's part of what makes it so crazy he's you know you, dooku and ahsoka and asajj and maul and obi-wan and Anakin are all the ones that are above him in terms of games played, but those are all been around for twice as long as Vader. So he is playing, and it is also notable that he has, he's the number one unit um, on Longshanks. It is also notable that all data on Longshanks in terms of how effective a model is is completely and utterly useless <laughs> uh, yeah, taking a <laughs> sample size of 208 yeah. games is bad data and no matter what somebody tells you uh, a little bit of bad data is not better than uh, no data so yep. there's no telling but he is very good 
I, I agree. I do think he's probably from a competitive standpoint for people who are taking this game seriously right out the gate. Uh, they are probably overplaying him because I think Vader fits. Uh, is it fits? Uh, I think Vader has a lot of places he can fit by the nature of the fact that they just slammed him with a thousand tags. Yeah. Uh, so he's just got a lot of keywords on him, but I think that I, I, I. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a hot take out here. Here I'll throw a hot take. Let's 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 get Dizzard in a tizzy Probably. right now. <laughs> I do not think that Obi Wan and Vader is great. Okay. Um... I'm not saying As it's in bad. Running, running them together, together or yeah, like the strike force of Obi Vader. I don't think that that is great. I, I that that is like the hotness that people talk like the the non thematic hotness of how amazing Obi Wan and Vader are together. That's pretty much uh, running a Vader Rex and Five O First, and then Obi and his clones. Uh, I mean, there's probably variations of it, and you know, if, for people who are are proxying with mace windu's box you know i can people might be using arf troopers uh i've seen uh rex but i've also seen some ahsokas so people might be doing a little bit of mix and matching on that regard and obi-wan and his clones might be fine but some people might be throwing in like the clone commandos instead for obi-wan instead of the 212 uh from luminara's box but I think just the general concept of of the Obi Vader list. I, I think it's good. It's not a bad list. So I'm halfway walking back my hot take. But uh I think that it, it's a little I think it is a little overvalued from uh what people have played. I've I've played it uh, a few times and I was like this is this is good, but it is not overpowered or overwhelming. And I've played against it, and I have won most of those games that I played against it. Um, I think that the there's a lot of draw to the idea that Vader gets more defense dice with the hunkers, and you know, and then Obi Wan gets thirteen dice when yeah, he rolls and his Vader's attacks. Riding more attack dice for all the whatever units in the clones and. I can right. see it. Um, and Obi-Wan has heals. There's a lot of healing there so that it can kind of balance out Vader's identity. People take damage and then they can heal things from their hunkers or Obi-Wan's doing his healing. Like there's a whole lot of things in there uh, that are that is very good stuff. But I don't think it is as good as people make it out to be. Yeah, to me, just hot take off the rip. I think Vader fits better with the Inquisitors. So <laughs> I think so too, um, which... Is probably designed that way. They came out the same in the same month. Uh, they they yeah, share that inquisitorious. The dark side uh, fanboy that I am. <laughs> I mean, so. personally, I feel like if 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 this game was just built as if this game was designed as a complete game and didn't have to take into account things like release schedules and all the other business. Uh, I would have. I would not be surprised if Vader just didn't have that. He that that Vader would have been. He would not be Galactic Republic. That he would have sort of. A, he he might only be like Reign of the Empire and Age of the Rebellion and not have 
follow the Jedi as his thing. And the same thing would be the case for the Inquisitors. But part, but partially this, like when Vader comes yeah, out, when, he kind yeah, of he needs can't go to. With any, he can't really go with anybody unless he's everything right now. Right. He's literally unplayable if, if he doesn't have all this stuff attached to him upon release. Uh, and I don't know the design process. Some, yeah, it could be something they change down the line. I yeah, mean, exactly. Because at some point they must know when he's being released. At some point they're making that decision. So at, at, at some point, they either they just, this is what they've already, they're like, hey, we already have this Vader that we've already decided is going to be Galactic Republic. And even though it kind of doesn't make sense lore-wise, but we're going to do it anyway. And and it it just happens to work out so we're going to release him as is or maybe they designed him and then he did all the stuff and then they realized not too far out that he's they're going to release him early with the dual pack because of maybe Disney said you we want you to do that i mean it's tinfoil hat at this point but like you know <laughs> yeah. and then they said we well, we got to add the galactic republic to him and make him you know his, the errors work so that he literally has somebody he can play with. Otherwise, he has to wait until more, uh, yeah, more stuff comes out. More stuff come out, and that probably makes people feel bad if it was that way. Where you know, like you bought the shiny new toy and you can't play with it, right? Which I mean, people won't is, buy it. And if you're for the last part of Desert's question, uh, is a community correct be playing him everywhere? I mean, yes, everybody loves Vader. Everybody wants to put him in and play with him. They spend money on him they want to use them so i say put him wherever you want to yeah i mean in the end you know play him where he's fun uh i yeah. mean i'll judge you if you play vader obi because it's thematically incorrect but uh, i'm also yeah. the type of person who would hate to see this game fall into a place where you play palp and yoda together because it's the meta <laughs> yeah that seems wrong all right so we got one more question uh it's from uh belly flop uh how mean of a person do you need to be to run secondary obi-wan who i'm effectively calling ob2 with magna guards to stop your opponent from making any attacks <laughs> yeah so the interaction he's referring to is the fact that obi-wan kenobi uses mind trick so that your attack ends and then you um can't attack uh you have to attack somebody else and Just the magna, magna guards in tow with him and means they have to attack the magna guard <laughs> right so i mean obviously that only works if obi-wan shows up and says i'm going to attack the magna guards and then or somebody um somebody's going to attack obi-wan but they're forced to attack the magna guards right exactly and obi-wan just stops it and they don't have anybody else in range to attack right so So, uh right so it's it's a trap like that is a that is a feels bad trap that you that you said definitely i gotcha i mean so i didn't realize that would happen until that question either i was like oh well Yes, pairing those two together would do it that way. But also, um, that's the game. <laughs> I mean, it it is, and it also is very resource heavy on the person that's playing Obi Obi Wan because that is too. How I mean, how bad do you really want Obi Wan not to get attacked? Where you're pairing him with a Magna Guard and then spending two force. Yeah, I I, I just feel that. So the way Obi-Wan's ability is, is that it is inherently a feels bad, uh, it inherently feels bad ability because the idea is that 
not only is he saying you don't get to do the thing that you want to do, but if you do something else, it's not going to be as good because the person you're attacking, instead of the person you intended to attack, you're rolling less attack dice. So you're less likely to have a very successful attack into that person. So the Obi-Wan thing is a is like sort of a shades of gray, you know, uh, uh, of of feels bad you know if you go if you have somebody go and they go for an attack and there's only one person that they can attack and then obi-wan says this is not the attack you're looking for and then they can't attack anybody else and they just wasted their action that's an equally the same amount of feels bad as this obi-wan magna guard uh, interaction i mean thinking about it just now to give me a new idea for a list though you're a bad person. <laughs> I mean, Dooku, Obi Wan, and some Magna Droids sound pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's not uh, thematic, so again, you're a bad person. That's uh, I, I will hold this stance I mean, until the day I, I die. These, I mostly stick to thematic, though. You had to be to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, I've I've played my round of Vaders around with different people, and I my favorite places with the inquisitors I, I i just it doesn't feel right to play vader with jedi it, his name literally says jedi hunter yeah. jedi hunter yeah <laughs> all right well that's been i think we were going a little long now so i think that's uh that's been our thoughts about not you attacking. Think this is long. You should check out the MCP side nowadays. <laughs> we go two hours almost every time. Don't tell Nate. <laughs> uh, I won't. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we've covered the new new stuff. We'll have we'll cover some more new stuff in the future. We got some other exciting models that are coming out that I'm looking forward to as well. Mace Windu. Um, but if you have any thoughts on any of the things we've talked about tonight, just uh, hop on our Discord and continue the discussion we'll be glad to jump on there and talk about it as well you have anything else uh, you want to talk about matthew uh nope all right well thanks for joining me tonight and the rest of you gamers out there keep on gaming